Yo. Yo, yo. Yo. I, I guess we can introduce Lasse. You, you want to, Luke? Yeah. So this is Lasse, and he rides for Bear National Team with me. Um, he's a U23. Um, he goes really fast. Super chill. Sometimes. And, uh... <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else you got to add? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I love listening to your boys' podcasts, so it's uh, it's an honor to be a part of this one. Are you are number one fanboy. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I listen yeah. to that and stuff, dude. Like, when I'm on the trainer and I got nothing else to do, I'm like, yeah, this is let's, – let's hear the – the young boys kind of yap and hear their <laughs> yeah. thoughts, dude. So, yeah, it's a good one for sure. Thanks. Let's go. Well, uh, Luke has the – I guess do you want to go over what we're going to talk about on this one? It's been a minute since we've done one. Yeah, I know. Oh, I guess once again we got we to gotta note that Colin O'Neill couldn't make it due to uh, – <laughs> I don't know. What is he doing? I think this is number three. Dude, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, well, like one of them, he had to study. Um, yeah. So. Pulled it. Pulled a Nico. <laughs> yeah, Real. man. Jeez. Are you guys? Um, you guys are all like, are you guys going to in-person school? Or are you kind of like took the road of like, let's do online school and focus on yeah. training? Or yeah, I've been online for like. <laughs> My whole life, basically, I've been homeschooled since. <laughs> yeah, I was, he's a homeschooled kid, dude. I've yeah. been homeschooled since third grade, and then I went to online school in eighth grade. So okay, I, I mean, I I did um I did my last three years of high school online. Yeah, but everything else was in person, and I was like balancing like three other sports, and I was like, out like kind of when COVID hit, I was like, all right, well, I I did online school the year before COVID hit, and I was like, I'm just gonna continue it and kind of see where that goes. So. Yeah. When did you graduate last year? Yeah, I graduated twenty twenty two. So um this is yeah, I think this I'm into my second year being not in school right now. So oh, that's sweet. You doing yeah. uh any college or are you just kinda of taking a gap year? So I already took a gap year. Um this past season I was kind of hoping a little more um kind of on the side of like my athletics, kind of see some growth. Um I didn't really see what I was expecting or hoping for. So um since I'm kind of like into going into my third year as a U23, um my ambitions and goals are kind of still the same. So Definitely. um yeah, I kind of talked to my parents and they're kind of on the same page as me with it. Um so I'm just going to like see kind of where this year kind of takes me and reassess at the end of the year um if any opportunities arise. Um yeah, but yeah. yeah, school's always on the back of the mind for sure cuz like at one point you're going to be done um, being a professional right. athlete and then you got to figure out what you want to do um, with yeah. the rest of your time. So it's That's kind of funny. Yeah. Like we're all like young minded, like boys just wanted to make it to wherever we want to make it, but there's always something lurking around the corner. So exactly. Yeah. 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 It's good though. I, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's definitely a unique experience to everybody else. Like I have lots of friends that don't, you know, like do what I do. They don't really typically understand what we do. Um, 
especially with like online school and travel and like kind of what racing mountain bikes looks like yeah and the amount of like time you put into it and the amount of training and off bike things you have to do to be like a well-rounded athlete so yeah, yeah. no i feel that um because i didn't go into online school until like i've i've been online school for one year now um <laughs> And, like, whenever I say, like, I'm going to a race or anything or just traveling for any of that, <clears throat> nobody understood it. They, they just thought, like, they just knew, like, I was going to a bike race. And, like, <laughs> they're always, like, so are you going to win it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, no, like, I always think it, they, they always think that it's so easy to win. <laughs> yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> like you, got, you got a second? How? Yeah. They're, like, so, like, this past recent – these past two recent world cups I went to, I had like a few people come to me. They're like, Oh, so you're racing a world cup. So like, are you going to win it? I was like, yes, no, definitely not. That's, that is, <laughs> that's you gotta, not, you gotta explain yeah. like it's the NBA. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I mean, it's kind of sad though. Like it's with mountain biking kind of as a whole, like it, having it, you know, kind of stem from the U S um it's really like on the the down low of exposure um you kind of see like football and hockey and baseball and all of these other sports like even through like high school sports right like nike is not ncaa sanctioned so it's like yeah it's definitely sad because you know it's such a cool sport and then it's like has like zero exposure um yeah so i mean we're definitely making good growth like I mean, in the past year, because like you know, mountain biking, mountain biking's not an old sport, you know. No, yeah, yeah, um, no, for sure, I definitely agree. I think it's more of just like finding ways to sort of broadcast it because, like, um, you know, like the regular American sports and stuff. There's like always something happening in that sport, um, yeah, you know, each play and all that. Versus mountain biking, you know, it's just you know, it's, it's a bike race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so yeah. It's just like kind of like finding the right way to broadcast it. Well, like, I think around Europe, like, you know, obviously in Europe, it's huge. So, yeah. No, and like, that's like the sickest thing. Like this year, like they've been filming the under 23 races. So like, oh yeah. Um, like just watching, you know, Riley and Brayden and Bjorn, like when they're out in Europe, right? Like you're able to watch that live anytime you want, they have replays on YouTube now. So it's like, it's cool to see your friends that you race and train with like on TV. And then like, it also motivates you like, dang, I could be there. Like if I work hard enough, then maybe I can like see myself and like watch myself race. And it's like a cool story to be a part of. And like, even on the women's side of cycling, like we're seeing more girls on bikes. We're seeing, you know, girls kind of, pushing you know the limits of like bettering you know like the whole like women's side of cycling as a whole and like girls being way faster so it's definitely sick to like see it kind of like all push in one direction and like yeah. even through like nica and like these programs like you just see like more kids on bikes and like even then like you can just see yeah like a big yeah a big change definitely like a really sick like discipline really like just cycling as a whole because it's not like any other sport where it's just like you know you got this one league and it's one sport but in cycling you know we have so many disciplines year round um 
and you know so many like different races and like you know levels that are at it and also having like the women's side too um because it's also an interesting race you know yeah like uh the wnba it doesn't get as much highlights at it but like women's cycling and like you know all that it's really interesting because like a lot of times in the men's field you know one rider gets away but and then sometimes like in the women's side it's a more interesting race yeah no i yeah definitely agree and like going back from like the outside view like i think it's hard for people to understand sometimes like especially with how weird college cycling is you know because like oh yeah you don't really have you don't you, you don't have people go to college cycling like i'm trying to you know, like, to, like, progress every, sport. like if, if you're the, I, I, if you're the if best guess, at a college yeah, age, yeah. You're, if you're the best and your college age, you're not going to be racing in college. And I think that kind of like, I don't know, I feel like there's room for growth there. Well, yeah, I mean, man, like just coming from, you know, like in the most respectful way possible, like collegiate, like racing is kind of like viewed as like NICA for, for like everybody. Like it's like the NICA for, and then you have like the U.S. Cups, right? So like you see like the boys who, you know, are securing, you know, whatever, uh, pro under 23 contracts, or they're making it to the elite ranks and like riding for really like exceptional teams. Like you see those people taking the pathway where they're like, okay, you know, maybe not taking the time to go to school, um, and focusing entirely on their career and pushing, you know, and pushing, you know, the races that they, um, are wanting to push like big hours and, like collegiate racing, like you always hear the stories of like how, you know, some boys just go out there and have fun. And like, it's just like a good, like end of season banger. Like obviously people take it seriously. It's good racing. You know, you, there's a national championship for it. So there's, you know, a stars and striped jersey yeah. to go for. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I know, like, I know CMU takes it quite seriously. Yeah. Um, the, the collegiate side of things. I, I know I maybe, Fort Lewis is more, you know, chillaxed, kind of like, let's ride bikes, let's have fun, like, let's race and all that stuff. So it's good to see the diversity, but definitely the future of cycling is not through collegiate. You got to, you got to, like, that's kind of like an addition to whatever it is you want to do, right? Like, you know, to be a World Cup racer, it's such a step from going to juniors to, you know, even under 23, since we race elites here in the U.S., as under yeah. 23s like we don't have many hc races here so like for me making that step two years ago like that was an insane adjustment to make just from racing juniors oh, and okay. it's like i am I'm, I'm, and i'm so curious to see you boys you know because you guys got one year left here like yeah. what 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 you guys are gonna do that jump because like it's it's always, and I'm so curious to see this year, like how those boys step in, like Dan English and Ralito and like Landon. Like you see all these boys who raced last year with you. Like yeah. I'm just so curious to see what they got in store. Like if they're going to come out swinging or there's going to be an adjustment. And like for me, definitely adjustment. You know, Braden Johnson, who's really one of my closest buddies, like even for him, it's it was an adjustment. But even then, like getting fifth at Junior Worlds, and going to U23s, he came out swinging. So you just never know. And yeah, yeah, it's it's super sick. Like racing, I still remember my first pro short track I did in Puerto Rico. I had E. coli. I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> um, 
but I literally like woke up that morning, like sick as a dog, even the night before I was like, you know what? It might be just like a minor stomach bug. Let's, let's ball it. Let's do it. And I was able to hold for like 15 minutes of that short track with the lead group. And I was like, this is a whole different level. Like, yeah, it's, and it's crazy. Like as you grow up and you see like, you know, you grow as a man and you guys are all like developing and I am too, like each year, like what the difference is um yeah like with your trainings like yeah yeah your I mean, endurance swaps are, what you can is like do, a yeah. five-year age gap isn't there like from 19 to 23 that's four, like years. four years yeah like, four years yeah huge period of time to develop training work ethics and just so yeah. much no and like yeah and like as a junior man it's crazy because like you guys are like you guys are pushing the scene here as juniors right like i look back and like even just gonna mention like magnus and nico and like ezra and like luke like all you boys like it's just something to see it's so unique like you look back this year not i don't really i might be incorrect on this but i don't think there was a single boy who went back to back winning races this year like i I know nico took a win and then nico and was montana nationals yeah exactly but so, every single race i mean it's just every up in the air race, it was up for grabs because it was yeah. magnus and nico sprinting for nationals and yeah you know like it, it, it was so back to back and that's like for me man like looking at like the junior aspect of men's cycling that's so promising because like we only have chris right now in the elite men world cup keegan's doing lifetime those two guys like those are the dominating riders of like the pro elite men field and now we're gonna have riley bjorn Braden, and other boys coming in and it's like now we have a super strong field of juniors that can yeah. take a win any day it's just who has yeah. it and, and it's that's honestly just... scary going into u23 knowing because there's like there's you know you and then there's Braden johnson there's gonna be dan and riley yeah. and like landon everybody Is you know riley like... gonna wait when does Riley age out of U23? So, th- this is Riley's last year. This is his last oh, season, right. as well as Bjorn's. So, like, when you guys age in, like, they're going to be racing full-time elites, right? But even then, you kind of see with Riley, like, racing elite men XC, and he pulls a second. Like, that's kind of you, you see where that level is, right? Yeah. Riley, yeah. on any given day, can take a win in a World Cup. Like, Braden can pull a top five. It's just, like it's such a high level um, right now in the U S and you just got to work for it. And like seeing you boys like work your asses off and just kind of put it all together and seeing like who's got it this day, it makes it way more interesting. And it just levels the playing field. Cause when you get to Europe, it's a whole different playing field. And now we have like all of these kids, including you boys, like coming in and making these races more you know interesting and more difficult and you got to play tactics and you gotta you gotta figure out like your riding style for a specific course there's like a lot more details that you have to put into it because there's not a single boy that's going to ride away from you maybe in one race they will but you know you guys are fairly close to each other in the results so it's definitely something really unique to see. Yeah, sure. and like turning that around, like it's super inspirational. All the U twenty three guys, just like like you know, we can't like the juniors know we can do that. So yeah, no, it's, and yeah, like Riley, Riley has pushed it, man. He has paid a road for like 
you know, ambition and hope and you can just see it can be done and you just got to put the work in. You got to have, you know, obviously a little bit of luck being healthy, like getting, you know, the right moves done at specific races. Like you, anything can be achievable. And it's like, we got three guys in under 23 world cups who can pull top tens. And like, that's so cool to see. And like, just watch, like, I didn't race the, I barely made the short track um, in Snowshoe, um, but I made it into the short track in Mont St. Anne, my first World Cup short track. I did get absolutely destroyed in it. I uh, ended up last. Um, but that was like the craziest 20 minute effort of my entire life. And it's just like, how is the like, change like in aggressiveness from juniors going into <laughs> U23? Man. <laughs> Like I, in all honesty, it is a very aggressive change because you have to think about it as like one, the, like being a man, right. Yeah. And you're racing grown men and almost like not fully developed men, but way more developed than you are as an 18 year old or 19 year old aging in like, it's an aggressive change. And it's something that you're definitely going to have to to work with. Right. And I'm not saying like you could be putting in the work, the hours, like there's no doubt that someone could be swinging. Like look at Albert who won junior worlds this year and junior road worlds for that matter. And he's got (laughs) European championships under his belt. Like that kid, if he were to like step into an under 23 race at the world cups, I don't doubt that kid's going to be racing with the top 10 elite guys. So you like, you obviously see like, those kids out there that are like super exceptional you know but like for most kids like it's definitely something where it takes a year to get into and the biggest key from a junior perspective is making worlds like that should be like the goal for you boys because like the only points that carry into you know under 23 and elite is the points you obtain from worlds otherwise you start with a clean slate and unfortunately Yeah, like I started with a clean slate. I haven't made it yet to uh, world championships. And like starting with a clean slate, man, my first year under 23, like was such a pain in my butt. Not like excluding the E. coli factor of it. I like racing in Arkansas. I remember they did like the random randomization, like, um, uh, call yeah. up after points. I started both days a hundred and fourth out of a hundred and four and a hundred out of a hundred and four. And I was able to like climb to the top thirties, but like for me, that was like the most frustrating experience ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like completely different from starting the back with junior because I mean, once again, we're still juniors. Like U23, you have like the top 10% of U23s racing professionally, most likely. It depends yep. on like what race you're at. Then, you know, you have the other, like, around, like, 50% probably that are, you know, going, trying to go pro and trying to make a name of, of themselves in that race, in that U23 yeah. category, you know. So, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a definitely uh, yeah. fit field. And, like, if you, if you haven't watched this year, you know, I watched – so, I was completely shocked. Um with the Arkansas race, the last race where it was Chris Gunnar Holgrim and Riley Amos. And it was that key climb 
you know, kind of after you descend after switchbacks and it's that rock slab climb in a sense, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you, where you're climbing oh, yeah. to that drop. Man, those three guys just watching how they power that climb consistently for like, what, seven laps? Man, those guys are like pulling over like 530 watts for like that whatever 200 meters second like that and they were moving and i'm just like sitting there i'm like that's that's what i need to get to to be there and like you can visually like see it and you're like oh my gosh like there's so much work that needs to be done and it's like a very humbling and like eye-opening experience as well to like race these guys you know um yeah, how like, do you uh, how do you like take into account that whenever you're racing U23, you know you have uh, you know these super stats riders that riding up front. How do you take that into account to motivate you like through your training to strive? To yeah. So you know, I feel like, and this is like kind of like the, where the sports psychology, like kind of like confidence and stuff, kind of come. Like, you know, you could take it in two perspectives. You know everybody arrives to that start line and you can take it as I am an equal and their mutual respect kind of evens out and you have that mindset that I belong here. And no matter what I do, like I belong in this race and I'm a contender in this race. And you know, it may not necessarily be true, but if you believe it, like it definitely can amp up the playing field and give you that motivation to be like, I can be here. I want to be here. And then you can take it as like, okay, you know, maybe your preparation season wasn't ideal or maybe you're coming off a sickness. Like there's so many outside factors that come into play as being an elite athlete, right? You could be missing a bike, you you know, your flight came in wrong or you crashed the day before. So like, there's like the kind of the aspect of like, yeah, I, there's like Riley Amos. I'm going to race Riley Amos. I raced Riley in Pikes Peak Apex to like two years ago and, it was a blast of a race and racing with him and Braden and all these like Russell Finsterwald, like it's just like something when you kind of like get yourself into it and you know, you're putting in the work, having that confidence kind of ride. Like when you're training, I'm sure you guys feel all like that internal confidence of the work you put in it kind of just kind of reflects right back on the start line. Then you have to right. like have like that blind confidence, right? Where like maybe you just got sick or something yeah. happened. Make it so you hit kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But man, I've had times where I'm like, shit, man, like I, I, I don't have it, and I know I don't have it, and I, and the, like, I lost like 20 pounds with my stomach issues going into the uh, World Cups in snowshoe and Montserrat, like, was training a lot, just could not keep food down, could not eat properly, and. Like I took a really bad crash um, pre-riding in the Pikes Peak Apex and I was leaving like a week and a half later to the World Cups. So everything kind of like crumbled down on me. Like I got compacted and I was like, and then it kind of reflected. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't feel like I put the work in I needed to and obviously outside factors. And it just reflected on my performances in the World Cup, which were absolutely horrible. Like, and it's I got probably to, hard, yeah. like knowing that they're at there, you know, everybody's at such a high level and like you on your hundred percent, it's still going to be like such a fight with everybody. Yeah. Like just any little thing definitely yeah. just kind of like bears down on you. Yeah. yeah. And I, like, even just like on the side note though, like as in, as a junior elite athlete, as you guys are like, obviously you guys are normal humans too. And like life hits dude. Yeah. And it's not about like hanging low. It's just like, 
what you can do to like just get back onto it, man, and just keep moving. Cause like you see so many people exit the sport so quickly, especially juniors, when you see something hits them and it doesn't go the way they expect it to go. And then it's kind of like the end of the world for them in a sense. And they're like, ah, right. okay, let's move on to the next whatever, you know? And then you see like the few rare kids, like one like specific example that I really admire, like when I was a junior, it was like 15, 16 second year. Brayden Johnson just broke both of his arms in Soho. And then he's just like four days later is on the trainer and pretty much just grinded till Nats and had a decent nationals, like seventh and eighth or something. I don't know. But like just sticking through it, man, goes such a long way. I think uh, like the main thing is like just, you know, no matter what the result is or who you're racing or anything, like, you know, it always comes back down to just like having love for the sport and just having fun riding your bike. Yeah, no, you man, know, you said it results, right. but you know, I mean, if you make into elite field or racing U twenty three and you're coming in dead last, like honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just a placement. Um, no, just having fun. Yeah. I agree. Like, I man, you, I don't think you could have said it better. Like, I so. I know this kid. He's a family friend. Um, he was racing Nike this year. And he, I'm not saying, like, necessarily he's a head case. But, like, we all have had those moments where it's, like, you have this expectation that might be unrealistic in terms of placement. Um, and yeah. I feel like that's something that, like, is a definitely, like, a physical and mental block to have. Like, Obviously, like maybe for my brother or, you know, maybe with, with Magnus, these boys had these goals lined up because they they are capable of achieving these goals, undoubtedly, whether right. it's like the whether it's the training they do, the individual they are, you know, but then yeah. you have the kids like me, for example, as well, like I came off sickness and then I thought in my mind, like, let's freaking grind and let's try to get a top 10 out of World Cup. That's an unrealistic goal, in my opinion. And I just, like, you see kids kind of, like, having these, like, unrealistic placement goals. And then when the race doesn't go as expected, they're like, oh, my gosh, I suck. But if you take it, that result out of it, and you see maybe the performance aspect of what they did, that's a really good race for them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of what you're talking about. So... <laughs> about to quote a book that <laughs> I've been reading David Goggins second book. Oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a section in it that you know, I, I just can't get out of my mind. It's like my favorite section so far. And he was talking about performing without purpose. And um, he basically says like, whenever, you know, like doubts and goals like come into his mind, most of your goals that you make and you want to accomplish come from whenever you're comfortable. And, your dreams and your goals die whenever you become uncomfortable and you think you can't make it. So he likes to kind of break it down to the roots. Um, what he wants to do, which, you know, his, his roots and like what his goals are just like pretty much to be the baddest dude there is, you know, it's just staying hard. Um, yeah. But, you know, everybody has their own like roots of like what they want to do. Yeah. So like those people that do have like abnormally high goals that like are unrealistic to chase or you know or even or even someone that has a realistic goal of like a top 10 world cup placement like whenever one thing goes wrong in that race whenever it comes that goal shatters they think that they 
you know, mentally they could flip and think, oh, maybe I can't get this top 10 or maybe I'll, I, I don't want to go pro or um, all yeah. those things shatter oh, yeah. versus yeah. like breaking it down to your roots. I want to ride my bike and I want to go as fast as I can, you know? Definitely. Um, Man, you, you said it right. And I was just like, I'm just going to quickly coat Braden Johnson. And it was his first national title. I like come up to him to the start and I'm like, you ready for this dude? And he's like, I'm just going to go ride my bike very fast. There's <laughs> nothing to it. Yeah. And that's what it is, man. Like, you, it is. like there's all nothing. The, all, yeah. Like all my successful like endeavors and race experiences and my one national title as a junior through marathon nationals, I just enjoyed the ride yeah. and yeah. focused on the moment and being present in that moment. And it's kind yeah. of like this bliss or like a flow state. Once you find that flow state, man, you, you can achieve things you don't think are possible of achieving yeah and like there's and nothing you can do about other people like people are going to be as fast as they are but like if you yeah. just go out there and just ride as hard as you can yeah and you know you come away with a win like you come away with a win and if you don't yeah. you don't like that's another reason like, i love this sport is because like honestly they're like people are faster than other people and we can't do too much to stop that you know there's genetic genetics yep. that, like, ability you know, yeah and then like worth that work ethic and you know, also like day-to-day stuff that, you know, stop people from like achieving, you know, more and all that, that we can't really control. So we're like, kind of like, I'll put out at this place that like, we can't grow anymore. But, um, you know, we all achieve that flow state, like you were saying. And um, that's the whole point, you know? And I yeah, think no, I, I, I totally forgot where I was going with that. I'm not no, 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 totally no, forgot. it's all good, dude. <laughs> but like, take, take an example, dude. I'm just going to like say it, like, I'm going to sh- like share a little bit kind of into my family. So I am, I, my experiences as an elite athlete do not stem from wins like my younger brother. Um, my younger brother's like early years, man, that kid has been through freaking hell with his health. Um, his allergies, um, stomach issues, skin issues, late nights, like all of these things. He has dealt with so much adversity and he's still been able to come on top. Like my brother, like I admire my brother because this kid, I like, he, I almost think of him as like David Goggins because my brother can go to that extreme. And then you see it on the race. He will ride his bike until he will drop dead on the floor. And like some people can't do that, right? Yeah. There's always mental barriers. Like no one's like not like that. So you like you see differences Definitely. in this in this sport, and it's okay to see it. But like 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 you said, like stemming back from the purpose why of doing like biking or racing biking, like it takes you to beautiful places, new experiences. You're pushing boundaries, man. Like you're doing whips on massive jumps. You're going fast. You're climbing at incredible speeds pulling watts just you know there's so much detail things that go into it like and the process of it dude like i enjoy the process of the actual training rather than the destination like i love the 20 hour weeks like yeah the cherry on top is the race weekends it is the racing and if it doesn't go to plan like yeah damn i put all of this work into it and it, it didn't pan out but guess what i still got to ride my bike for this amount of time and did like this process of bettering myself and like doing the work. And that's like, that's the cherry on top. And then you like, yeah, like I I enjoy it so much, but it's like, I've had times, man, 
where like I've been racing and I get passed by like a few kids when I was younger and I'm like what the heck dude I'm slow like this sucks and then I like feel like I like mentally like a part of me gives up right <laughs> so it's like we've all been there man like had like one bad race <laughs> you're like what the hell is going on and then like is completely like shut off and it's like we all have these things and they're like learning experiences and like it's everyone's on their like journey as an athlete and like some people kind of stop at certain road barriers and that's it for them. And it's like, it's kind of like a stair, dude. Like you just got to climb the stairs and it, and it's literally as much as you want to take it. You can and take I think it that's as far as you want. There's so many drop-offs after the junior years. It's just, I feel like there's too much comparing sometimes. Like, you know, you lose a yeah. race and you just think like, well, that's it for me. You know, like I, this sport's not for me and you just quit. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's yeah. too much of that in the juniors, but yeah yeah i mean i you know i feel like that yeah man dude i i definitely agree and it's it's definitely like a sad take like even with me like you know we have our group of boys you have your group of boys that kind of age in and age out with racing and we have seasons together and it's like we all kind of like sit down and reflect and we're like dang we got like 10 boys right now that are doing other things yeah and we're i'm like i'm 20 now and it's like two years ago they were doing the same thing as me so it, it definitely like it definitely thins out, but it does that in all sports, you know. You know, yeah. some people just it's like I like I said, it's it's the stairway and it's you take it as much as you want. You can climb to the top, you know, obviously you'll have like some some stumbles, but um, you know, it's 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 all specific to the person. For it's not sure. for everybody sometimes. Absolutely not. Yeah. But you know, like even that dude, like life hits. Like, exactly. and that's, and nobody really talks about that side of things. Like, you know, you know, being online school, dude, like you're lonely. Like, I mean, I live in the mountains. I don't have friends here like I do around other States. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, there's like mental things, you know, athletes struggle with like mental health and like, you know, maybe, you know, health problems or injury. And it's like, there's just so many things that come at you and, you know, that's like where the luck kind of plays in. And, and if you're going to keep swinging and it's like that kind of from the Rocky movies, like life will like smack you to your knees and it'll keep you there. And it's like, you know, it doesn't matter how up. hard you get hit up. You just got to keep getting back up. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And I mean, even like, like we're talking about like these writers that are like kind of dropping out, like after juniors and stuff, like even those writers that drop out like after junior and like maybe first or second year of U23, like, they still take away so much from riding um, yeah. what I think, because I mean, it, it correlates to so much out, like off the bike skills too, like all the dedication that we put in, you know, hours of training and like just being consistent with it and, you know, yep. just so many things and not only like all the friends that we have around the country, you know? Um, yeah. It just, it, it brings uh, definitely a different aspect to, off the bike and just every day-to-day life yeah and like yeah, man, specifically I... luke like i know his like uh, luke's like the only person i ever hang out with and like you know i know his daily routine and like he's super regiment about it and you know that's gonna like transfer to off the bike you know whenever he's done with racing and stuff like no absolutely yeah no for sure like i don't not, doubt it for a second it's not just yeah. cycling yeah like right now it is cycling because that's what i'm going for but like you know, once it, once it turns to something else, I, I do like my daily routine of just like, you know, 
maybe it like i don't like it but like i'm not gonna feel complete until i do it you know yeah exactly it's like a checklist yeah no yeah no i definitely know what you guys are talking about for sure like it's and that's like the super cool thing about you know sharing this passion even like with you young-minded kids i know you guys are not that younger than i am but (laughs) you know you just like you just hear like the young minds speak and like and then like as me as like a 20 year old now like i still like see that younger version of me as like a 15 16 year old kind of transfer in to me like wanting to be a professional now right yeah and it's like it's so cool to share the same daily lives as others like man it's such a unique thing to talk about a friendship where you're able to like train a 20 hour week together like think about that like man I, I've spent so many hours with Brayden and, and my, my little brother. And those like, those kind of moments are so unique to have. It's not like you're sitting down at a coffee shop and doing Jack crap with yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. like it's, it's just like, it's super sick stuff. Yeah. And, and just, you, like, there's so much, like, like you kind of take it for granted almost like, no, you, no man, sure. I'm not even granted. I feel like it's like, you kind of take it like, kind of as like a i mean yeah like i feel like it's almost unnoticed and then like when you go look back on it like after a year or something yeah. like you th- like you look at the photos and stuff and you remember like how much you enjoyed that but you just completely forgot about it right after the ride yeah yeah man yeah like i just like with my little brother like we'll hopefully we'll get nico on cast and we'll talk more but you know when magnus passed away like nico just like all of these things kind of just came out like these stories yeah right or like how like Nico was in Missoula one time and he like all of a sudden just like can you guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like all of a sudden he's like Magnus is like asking him for a sip of water and Nico like let off for a second and then Magnus got like regrouped, right? And then they hit it again, right? Or like how Nico was in second place on the last lap of nationals and somehow made it to Magnus. And then like you hear, like, I heard the story of how Nico sprinted with Magnus. Like, all of these, like, little stories, man, like, even through the racing things, they're so unique, dude. There's, like, so much happening yeah, in, like, yeah. in the moment. And, like, to the, like, spectator eye or the outside view, like, no one has a single idea, like, what's going on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and it's, I like, mean, super cool. And there's, like, a special bond, like, while racing. Because, I mean you're like your truest person while you're suffering because like we're we're not like regular like you know just chilling out um you know you can like have different personalities and moves at different times but while while you're suffering you're like your truest self you know what i'm saying suffering. so it's no, just, yeah like, sure. it's like you know nobody's hiding anything while we're racing or training together you know no absolutely no yeah and i love it too because like you'll have the realest of friends right like man i've had times where like you know as a junior like one of my buddies would like make up an excuse and then we'd we'd be like nah shut up dude you're just you're just talking bull crap and then like i would have like a specific time where it'd be like yeah you know you like you try to like excuse yourself away or like kind of like disregard that performance or like have an explanation why and then your boys will be like dude just like it's okay bro you just had a crap day yeah just move on you know it's like it's like it, it, and having those like relationships dude like it keeps you honest you have people to push you and like that's yeah. where you kind of like find the true truest of friendships like it's like stemming to like 
I always value friendships where the person is either better than me or wants yeah. or pushes me to be a better person. Like those are like kind of the relationships I look forward and you always find oh. those in sports. So, yeah, I think that's honestly why me and Luke are such good friends. <laughs> Cause no, yeah, man, we're, it's, we're yeah, basically sure. identical. And like, like honestly, every... it was especially after racing this season, like I, I I trained with Luke a little bit last winter, but like after racing with him, you know, like that's when we like really became friends. And it's honestly just because of like, I don't know, just how pure racing is. I feel like, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like sure. we just like going out and surfing. I mean, like all our stuff is like all our numbers is like identical. So whenever we go out in zone two, you know, we're always trying to be like one or two watts ahead of each other. Yeah, like, well, uh, we won't be behind always... each other's draft the entire ride. And, yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and those are like oh, the yeah, best rides, like the six gap century that we did, just us two. Like that was for sure one of my favorite rides this year because I mean the entire time we were just trying to beat each other in zone two. Yeah, yeah, man. Like that's dude, I love that. That's so sick to hear. That always makes me like I'm stuck in the mountains right now, dude. There's snow <laughs> on the ground. I'm heading to California in like a few days, so I'm I'm gonna go train with Dane. Um, and like, yeah, it just brings me back, man. Like I had E. coli like a year and a half ago and I went down to go ride with Brayden after Puerto Rico um, before I got my tests done to figure out what was going on with me. Yeah. Um, and he didn't care that I was actually slow as crap and doing, you know, 170 watts at like 180 beats per minute. And he was just like, yeah, dude, I got to do like 270 watts for this long. I'm like, I can't do that. And he's like, don't worry, bro. I'll just hit the brakes. He's like hitting the brakes on the climbs, and I'm like dying. And he's like, "Yo, we're getting it done. We're getting it done today." I'm like, "God damn, this is good stuff." Like, and you know, those long rides, man. Like, I, I, Brandon and I went almost up to Evans on like a in a mid July, man, before nationals or like just after nationals. Um, and he wanted to do a, a century plus for his preparation for worlds and. Man, it was like 87 and it was just cooking. And it was like one of those days where you suffer. And we were like four hours in and we started climbing up to Evans. And I told him, I was like, screw you, dude. Like, let's go. And we pretty much like raced almost to the summit of Evans. And at one point we both looked at each other. And we're like, all right, we should be done because we're out of water. We're so far away and we will not stop until <laughs> until no. someone puts the brakes on it. So yeah, it's no. it's like stories like that is it's super fun. Yeah, it's just crazy yeah. how like similar it is to like I feel like it's super specific to cyclists, like our relationships with our friends like that. Like it's great. Like, I feel like the, the way you just described that's exactly like me and Luke. And there's probably so many other people that's super oh, similar sure, like man. that. Oh, yeah. 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 It's no, just like, I, I, it's just to beat your friend. You know, you never want to lose. Yeah. And like, even, even at the World Cups, like, obviously, you guys, like, I have minimal World Cup exposure. So, like, I feel like I'm almost talking on a limb here. But from, from my like minimal experience of this, like, even, even the world cup athletes are normal people and they're personable and like you're on course and then you're, you'll talk to people about lines or, you know, some girl will come and ask you something or, you know, the boys, like I remember Luke was in West Virginia. <laughs> that was so good. And yeah, it's like, it's good stuff, man. You just like see people, you know, you meet new people. It's, it's just something so sick. I, I really like it. It's, yeah. it, it's super nice. So, yeah. Sure. Definitely. And it's probably like, 
probably weird having your friends be so successful, you know, like having, you know, older people like Bjorn and uh, Riley, who I'm assuming you're probably pretty good friends with. Like, yeah, be I mean, yeah, for, definitely like younger, for sure. Like, the thing is, is like, you know, once you get older, right, everyone kind of fans into their own personal lives, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But it's like, it kind of just stems like we always wish each other the best. And we definitely. always like, when something happens, we are always like there for each other, like, or like have like certain excursions with each other. So yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, definitely. And it's probably pretty cool. Like, you know, you like, you get to see them on TV and then you have like a, a normal conversation with them, like talking about something completely random. Like they're, oh, yeah. they're complete <laughs> humans too. Like you, you almost feel like they're not human sometime, you know, like Christopher Blevins yeah. and like Kate Corney and like all of them, you know, like you, you just see them from like a camera's point of view, but like you go talk to them and they're like real people absolutely yeah. and that's like the weirdest eye-opening experience like as exactly. a kid like i was like oh my god like i i had this like weirdest vision of what it meant to be a pro athlete and it's definitely not that <laughs> yeah so yeah no yeah but, like yeah. A, a, a crazy experience for me like i don't know if it's crazy but like uh, a few years ago like two years ago in arkansas i have a picture with like kate courtney and i was like so nervous to go like walk up to her and get a picture and like two years later you know i'm at pan ams where they're like eating dinner and like having a normal conversation like it's just super yeah. crazy yeah, dude, that's like, <laughs> did you, dude, did you right? show her your picture <laughs> what did you show her the picture what's the picture the one oh, that you took the pic- with- <laughs> a picture of us no no you yeah dude I was in Bale Lake one year before, like, they, the year they canceled with COVID, and I was, like, I had to go pee, and then Brad comes, like, Copeland, or I don't know what his last name, and then there's Kate. I'm, like, peeing, and she's, like, looking at me. I'm, like, oh, dude, this is this is awkward. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and then, like, now, like, yeah, I hear with Nico, like, with his past world's experience, like, you know, like the environment what USA Cycling creates, it's just like a really positive environment, like in, in, in that setting where it's like every, they're striving for everyone to be their best, you know, they got elite support and it's just like something, like Nico says, it's something super unique. And then it's like, well, let's get a taste of it. Like, I want to see this, like, let's go, let's go race some World Cups, let's do this. And like, I want to meet new people. I want to, I want to like, you know, ride with Chris or, you know, meet Kate or like talk to all these people. And it's like, once you do, it's like, it's super cool because then you just realize like, man, these people are normal people and they have the same struggles that I struggle with and they're just good at what they do. It makes it feel more attainable. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, that was pretty good. Do you want to go into a few of like the, uh, the topics we had Luke. yeah Did we i think we covered like a lot of stuff but i think there was a few things like yeah, i guess we covered the elevation stuff that would be like a question for oh yeah. yeah 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 elevation so uh so, you know you live in breck which is i mean what is it like around ten thousand feet yeah it's like so, nine seven so it's it's yeah. up there yeah easily um so like whenever you come down so like where do you weigh in like especially in the winter like elevation training or more miles so i mean neither it's like so i feel like uh such a good question man you know i've I've, the approach has changed man because like xc racing now is is it's it's power man for whatever three minutes max and you got to repeat it like a lot of times um 
like you know obviously endurance training i got like maybe four to five months of the year where i could ride up here if that um so like obviously like vo2 max work up here is is attainable but you're not going to be doing it at the watts that are like anything exceptional right like obviously there's benefits to altitude training and i have like as like my own physiology i have like exceptional benefits like just from like my blood work and like being living in the mountains um yeah like there's definitely benefits coming from it but like for me winter trainings now man i'm out of the house and so is nico like it's just it's not sustainable here like you can do zwift all you want like if you have the right mind you can do it but like it's just training to something that's on like around five i mean seven thousands still not bad um but like five thousand feet and lower is kind of ideal for me right like right. i've done lots of like my nats prep was all done here um in elevation and um but most of my like hard workouts that i would do um for nats prep i would go down to denver and do my um my intensity down in denver so <laughs> were you do- I did some doing anything for like heat acclimation yeah, man. So for me, like I have a sauna, um, and I would ride, um, yeah, ride and then sweat out, man. Like just like getting that heat up, you know, I, I love the heat. That's kind of one of my advantages, um, that I kind of play, you know, like that, like, you know, the secret hand. So whenever it's like hot and humid, I kind of thrive in it. Um, that's just me personally. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the sauna, Ooh, has so many benefits um oh yeah that's pretty shocking to me honestly though for someone coming from like a, a dry and you know oh yeah cool place yeah, i know that that's like man for me like with the one exception of this year which was um mont saint anne which was very muddy i i tend to thrive in absolutely wet conditions and hot and humid conditions so it's like it's super weird because the the stuff I do very well in, it's not what I typically, you know, train in yeah. um, here at home. Um, but like, it's just tough um, training in altitude, especially at this elevation. Cause one, your body living up here is burning so much energy and calories just to function up here. And then on top of that, you're like, okay, now I'm going to go do a five hour ride and try to get, whatever average 230 watts or 210 watts for that whatever five hours and then you're like at the end of it you're like oh my god i'm so hungry and then you're just like eating so much food and it feels like you just can never stop so yeah like yeah. weights like holding weight here or like gaining weight in this altitude it has been extremely difficult and then you got like hydration issues where it's like you're in such a dry climate the air feels like ice picks in your lungs and it's just yeah it's it's super it's super unique but the riding here especially in breckenridge and summit county and kind of like colorado i definitely would argue as it's like kind of the most unique riding in the world um so like i definitely love the home trails and i love taking the koms and racing like the big races here and i did like six days of breck epic and that like really tested my like physical and mental fitness and like racing with Lachlan Morton and being able to take, take a win on her stage for me was like, that was like super sick. Um, but like, then at the end of it, I'm like trashed and I, and I live here. So yeah, like I, yeah. I, 
I always was like Winter Park Nationals, like give it to me. Like, but even then, man, like kids who live uh in lower elevations still kick my ass. So it's like, yeah, there's there's definitely something with altitude, but I definitely feel like now, like if you want to be where you want to be, like where you guys live, I don't know what the elevation is, but I know it's not almost 10,000 feet. Like, it's just such, like, such an advantage. And also, like, having the ability to ride for, like, the amount of months you have. Like, I only have probably four to five months where I can actually ride trails. And, like, sometimes trails don't even thaw out until, like, end of July. So it's, like, and then it's, like, August and September, and then October, and then we got snow. And it's, like, yuck like we, you only get such a window to ride and enjoy the trails here but I, I think that's good like for people to hear from you know like if you look at it like i'm guilty of it like looking from the outside in you know like you think colorado is like the perfect place like everybody from there it's like oh they they're at such an advantage like but there's so many adversities they'll have to like overcome you know like no like, absolutely y'all can barely right. ride you know like it's so hard to train at that elevation and like there's just so many things that nobody ever thinks about you know yeah man and it's like it just like really stems to like how you recover in the night like how well your body adapts to this load because like man uh okay let's let's say i would smash like three weeks and it's going to be a double like over 25 hour plus weeks right then we're just going to stay at this altitude it's going to take longer for me to adapt and soak in all that training yeah being at this elevation then it were to be me near like a thousand feet where there's more oxygen the body's more in a more chill state than just like <laughs> grinding just to function up here so and 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 like for biking specifically like you got the trainer right but like i had when i was like on online school i would have like periods of time where i wouldn't have left the house for like three weeks straight because all i would do was do school and train and do double sessions and like grind out. And it was just like something that was not something I really enjoyed. Um, and then like this past year going into this year, I did lots of alternative training, such as like running in the winter or Nordic skiing, which I was fairly good back in the day when I was um, competing doing that. So I have like options, but like for like maybe people who aren't, you know, you know, well-rounded, um, in other sports, you know, it, and they, they're only, you know, good at cycling, then they're really limited to what they can do um, living at like super high elevations where you get, you know, maybe two feet of snow on a random Wednesday night. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely unique. Is there ever like a weird learning curve, you know, like when you when you come back to racing, if you haven't been able to ride your mountain bike a ton during the winter or do you? Try oh, yeah, man. Or do oh, you try yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no it's definitely weird man i got so so like two things one when i was training with my old coach um he is like a three-time olympian for nordic skiing um so he he's got like some great ideas um and knowledge about you know the metabolic like and like all of that stuff with training and like certain philosophies about zone two and whatnot um, and we actually got to the point where I would do supplemented like training on oxygen okay. um, up here. Like I would get Zwift and I would get this gas, like oxygen mask and I would just ramp like, I don't know, 10 times three minutes, like VO2 max on like supplemented oxygen. Then I'd get like, get off the bike. And then I would like 
get um like the nose oxygen like pieces and like kind of strapped into my cheeks so i sleep and then i'd sleep all night on oxygen and we would like kind of like test what what it does right like what does that like supplemented oxygen do when you're doing and like you obviously like saw like lots of differences but then again like just going back down to like lower elevations like that's something that's kind of like unbeatable in a sense you know and yeah like being like time off the bike man it's like and even like with trek i love trek it's that bike that super caliber like rips and so unique on how it kind of like handles find it way like way more like unique to the brand just like cannondale on how that bike rides but even then like riding you know you could hop on to like a scott or maybe a pivot and be like okay this is a random like perfectly functioning bike it's got like good slack angle whatever i'll get back on my track i'm like okay this bike feels exactly how it felt when i got off of it but i need time again since i've been such a long time off the bike yeah to readjust to like being able to descend a super technical descent um at the speed I can do or like climb something, you know? So it's, yeah, it's definitely a disadvantage. And that's why I try to like stay away from the trainers or like the road bikes through the winter. Cause it's like, you can lose so much of that confidence and just like that muscle memory of like how you can descend specific things or take certain jumps. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just something that's like, you know, you always want to keep stimulating. So you kind of have that in the back of your mind, you know? definitely yeah definitely yeah i've been trying to be big on this season on riding my mountain bike like only for intervals like last year i did a bunch of intervals on my road bike and like all of my zone two on my road bike and i I got back on my mountain bike and it was like alien like it was crazy yeah but yeah the feeling is like man i and dude we can talk about it as long as we want like the difference between descending well when you're like fully recovered like let's 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 climb zone two and then shred a descent. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do that. That's easy. And then how about this? Let's like, let's just do like 320 watts for eight minutes. See what that does. And then let's go freaking destroy descent. And like, that's like a whole different game and like deck of cards of what you need to do and like how you descend red line. Right. And like, that's exactly what you need to figure out in racing. Cause I mean, you could be a fantastic climber and if you do not have, that uh that skill of descending when you're like your eyes are going sideways then you'll you'll lose the race and that's kind of what happened to me at nationals this year was i just i literally just lost the contact of that race within the first descent and that was it i was like dang it man only if i you know maybe i you know and it's like there's no yeah. doubt like you're a great descender and you're a great climber, but like, like I, I agree with you're saying, like putting those two together, you know, like redlining a climb and then redlining a descent back to back is so different than just like, yeah, yeah, just redlining a descent and going easy on the climb or going hard on the climb, you know, and then stopping and then hitting the descent or something, you know what I mean? No, yeah. And it's like, man, that's like, it's like, that's why I love descending with dudes that just completely destroy my confidence because. When you try to hold their wheel, it it helps you. It helps you a lot. Like you can learn a lot because 
like obviously you can descend a specific way and you know you know everyone knows their limit on the bike and you know it's faster than others but if you're gonna try and stick with somebody who has the balls and has that skills that's super unique like maybe bjorn or brayden yeah. for that matter of fact like trying to hold their wheel is uh is, is, is a story to tell and um it just helps you know becoming more of a well-rounded rider and it's yeah. it's something super cool to have I yeah, completely. especially like holding their well red line dude like i think it like kind of comes down to just like kind of just like embedding it in your brain like all the skills of descending like just practicing having to think like, constantly pretty much um yeah man like yeah i don't know if you know this ezra but like i practice cornering quite a bit yeah well <laughs> and i know like luke can vouch for me like my I, I ride with luke like so much like it's yeah but um I ride so much downhill with Luke and like from last year to this year, you know, I always just follow Luke. Like Luke's insanely talented, like riding downhill and like, you can probably tell the difference I've, I've made in my descending, like the last, like oh, last yeah. year when I rode with you, I crashed like four dude, different yeah, you times. Were just redlining it down this, the descent just to hold my wheel. I mean, dude, you just oh, kept on like crashing and crashing. <laughs> but man, like at one point, that's where we're, that's where we all go from, right? Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta hit the ground to learn, yeah. right? You gotta, you gotta push the limit so you know the limit, right? Like, it, yeah, man, it's, yeah, I, I, <laughs> descending scares me. I gotta be honest, but once I get my lines dialed and I know what I, exactly what I need to hit and have plan A and plan B, like, there's there's no breaks and i will i will go as deep as i can and like for me like right now like my biggest weakness right now is like cornering in like off camber loose like kind of like loose gravel turns that's my biggest weakness and that's like that's something i need to really work on because you know you're gonna find sections in whatever course you're gonna find where you're gonna have those and those those turns could be make or break for you in a race. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So it's like, oh, yeah. there's always something you're going to have to work on. And every year there's going to be a bad habit. You're going to have to break. Definitely. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's so funny. It's like every year when I get on my bike, I'm like, all right, what's the one thing I'm going to do wrong? <laughs> and what's the one thing I'm going to need to work on? So yeah, it's, I like it. Cause you, you can always improve on the bike and it's, it's also a mental barrier you're going to have to push and a physical barrier because you're going to have to be okay to crash and you're going to have to be okay to take the risk. And, you know, like everyone gets like in comfort in their comfort zone and will descend very slow. Cause they're like, Oh, I don't want to get hurt on this training ride or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like that risk kind of like, yeah, risk management as well. So, but like with Braden and I, whenever we train, we call it world cupping <laughs> same as Nico and, um, you know, Brayden definitely plays it way more than I do <laughs> because Brayden <laughs> is freaking crazy on the bike, but we'll ride, um, and every descent or climb, we'll try to pass each other in the most inconvenient places. And I will tell you, there have been times where that man has crashed so bad <laughs> and I'd like stop and I'd look down at him and I'd be like, yo, uh, so was that the line? Are you good? And he's like, no, but I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and continue on. So no, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Me and Ezra sort of have the same thing, but uh, we don't crash. We just crack rims. Yeah. Go crack rims. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, man. Um, we, so we were once like, we were doing our training ride. I think it was like a few weeks before um, a race. 
Brayden tried to like do this like rock gap on this like super like steep and rutted descent um, with like a lot of trees around. Um, kind of like if I were to describe it, kind of like um, the downhill at the West Virginia uh, World Cup, like the first sector of it. And he like did this massive jump and just smacked his rim and we were 30 miles from the car um, and totaled the rim. And so he just rode on the highway pretty much um, all the way, like halfway um, on the rim and then got got picked up by a hitch. Like he would like doing the hitchhiker sign, like with the thumb, thumb. got picked up. (laughs) Yeah. So got him to the car and I was like, oh my God, I got like two and a half hours to the, to the house he's like i'm going home you are riding home i was like dude you're joking <laughs> just just spent all this time with you <laughs> with a cracked rim on the side of the highway trying to get you picked up and now you yeah, it's, it's good stuff now he's making you ride home yeah no man it's yeah there's been like times where and it's like going back to like pushing you know e- each other and one time I like got like a flat doing intervals with Brayden and I was like really motivated to go kick his ass that day. And I was doing pretty good, uh, giving him a hard time. And then I got a flat and he's like, yeah, just, just go home and get it fixed and then call it a day. I was like, nah, I'm going home, getting it fixed. And I'm going to go do the, the whole entire interval session again. Nah. So I did it. And then he picked me up, which was sick. And then we got like, whatever, Chipotle. And we, we talked about it and it's like, there's been like times like that where it's like good to have, you know, your, your friends push you or, yeah. or do whatever. So yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right, Luke, what, what else do you have? What other questions do we have? I guess we can, we can wrap it up with this. This is a, this is a banger question. Oh, what no. advice do you have for the juniors? Okay. Oh, like wait. just like I thought just it was in... gonna be the antlers. Oh the antlers. Oh yeah, that hold on, we gotta do that. Oh, okay, one. okay. That All right, cool. yeah. So dude. <laughs> All right. So those antlers are sick, right? I go to anti-doping. I'm like chugging water. I chugged so much water that I actually like threw up on the side of the road like <laughs> trying to pee. Like those antlers, like um oh, that was that. <laughs> yeah, my parents drove out. Parents drove out, like, put it into the car. Like, the car was, like, antlers. And then, like, everything, like, shoved onto the antlers. And, like, I get home, and, like, we live in a fairly small house here in Breckenridge. Um, and there's, like, nowhere to put it. So yeah. I was, like, my girlfriend at the time, who I was dating, her dad is a really big hunter. Um, so I was, like, hey, <laughs> here's your 50th birthday present. So I just... <laughs> I gave it to um yeah her dad and um yeah so the the antlers were hanging up on her house and then yeah I don't know what, what's going on with them now but yeah um I you mean didn't get back nah well actually so we did I did get them back they actually returned them to my dad um which I was a little bummed about I gotta be honest because I was like that was like a present for me I had nothing to do with you know my girlfriend at the time um but uh yeah so we just like my dad is in the uh tile business and he does like he has lots of partners um and one of the uh construction management guys he's a young dude my dad's like hey man 
my son won these antlers. We have nowhere to put them. So I think they're hanging in some random dude's house right now, which, you know, I don't mind because I, I live the experience and like the antlers are cool. But, you know, um, for me, I, I kind of just, you know, savor that experience. You know, the, the antlers are massive and very heavy. They're and like, your mom probably pounds. doesn't want a pair of antlers looming. In nah, the yeah. Yeah, man. And like, dude, those antlers are massive, like massive it's insane how big they are like i was on the podium like trying to lift it up i was like this is gonna be a piece of cake it's above my head and i'm like starting to tilt back i'm like i'm about to fall off the podium so <laughs> i'm excited for this year again definitely want to get another pair um yeah so but yeah i mean that's so cool like to have like you know prizes like that in races like i was not expecting to get the antlers um at all so it, it was a good one but um yeah, going back to the question, like advice for juniors, you know, yeah, just like, oh, man, there's so much I could say. I mean, like the biggest one is just like patience is everything. And in time, if you stick around and stick to it, you will find some sort of success in anything you do, especially in biking. You'll and enjoy the small wins, man. And like, you know, celebrate those, those power, uh, you know, threshold markers or whatever, like celebrate new powers. You got that KOM, you know, enjoy that, man. Cause like, it's all about the process and, and you're molding yourself into, you know, into an athlete and as like a young man or young woman. Um, so it's, yeah, man, like patience, you know, the road, everyone thinks the road to success is, and it looks like it through whatever social media or stories is it's a, it's a, it's a smooth road to the top. But if you were to look really deeply and you know, maybe someone specific, it's never that it's a roller coaster and lots of bumps and lots of jumps and lots of stops. So you just got to keep like climbing that stairway and, and it's literally up to you how far you're going to take it. So yeah just stick to it like yeah it's it's something even i'm learning today is like even with my health issues that i'm dealing with now like i'm still just trucking at it and trying to find the little wins and and deal with what i need to deal with and you know push forward so yeah that's yeah. great yeah yeah the wise words of loss eh? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so wise you you boys got your wise words you know i i I admire you all. You guys are you guys are a cool bunch yeah. of Same dudes. Fun. So, but yeah, I'll be looking forward to uh, racing you guys um, in in just about over a year. Or so yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll be good. Well, uh, good podcast, guys. It was really yeah. on last day. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. No, I I would love to come back on you guys. This is I love listening to your podcasts. It's it's really unique. So I enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll 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 get you and uh, Nico on definitely sometime. Yeah, we got to get little Nico up on here. <laughs> yeah, it'll <laughs> be good. Hold on, hold on. Before we leave, Ezra, every podcast we always have more gravity riders. Mm-hmm. Suck on this. We have more bear riders now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's not. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah. where's your boy calling at? uh yeah uh, there's there's three bear riders basically because it sounds like nico's somewhere around here so yeah, yeah no, Nico, so you're right i mean nico's here but he's got a girlfriend now so he's kind of uh attending to her you no know? no wait wait yeah wait. 
but that that might be <laughs> you... our strike, uh, Ezra. We could get him. No, out. man. Let me let me tell you that woman, dude, has nothing on him. He is the most. Dude, that kid is. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it, but he's like, he he manages it so perfectly, dude. I like. I could never. Like, I, I find women to be very interesting and, like, relationships for me, like, are really unique. And I just, like, have a tough time balancing it. And my brother can balance that shit, like, no tomorrow. And I'm, like, sitting on the spreadsheet s- for it. I know, dude. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like literally on the side here, right? I'm, like, dude, you're literally still, like, your unique self, dude. And you're grinding the way you normally grind. But now you just got a girlfriend. <laughs> this is, like, yeah but i mean you know he's 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 married he's married to the to the the cycling lifestyle so there's nothing there's nothing that's gonna stop him which i find so unique dude he's 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 got it and then you boys you boys like man everyone's beatable so just keep keep working at it dude like nico's working you boys are working i'm super excited to see what you guys are gonna pull this year so it's um it's good to see you know even with magnus like every year, like I know my brother has won a lot, but my brother has immense respect for all you guys. And there's always a few, few boys that make him nervous when it comes to nationals. And I definitely have lots of conversations with him about it. So it's good. It's good. No, but so, yeah, it was sure. really good having you guys on and or not having you guys, having you on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, you boys, uh, you boys enjoy the holidays. Keep be safe on the roads, and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll uh, maybe hit it again the next time. For sure, definitely. All right, see All, you right. Guys. All right, bye. Bye. All right, I'll see y'all.